Hello and welcome to the final Siren podcast. I'm uh, today's guest host, Declan Reeve, and joining with me today is AFL analysis from AFL Draft Central, Ed Pascoe. How are you, Ed? Yeah, good, Declan. It's uh, great to be finally back on again. I mean, this used to be something we were on quite a bit, but now we're back at it and going to enjoy the time. Well, lovely to have you here. And of course, a regular feature is uh, AFL Draft editor from AFL Draft Central, Michael Alvaro. How are you? Very good, Declan. Thanks for um, introducing me second there. I feel like I'm a bit stiff. Well, they say um, leave the best to last, mate. Right, fair enough. Well, um, look, it's, um, yeah, I guess pretty handy that we can hand the reins over to you today. Um, got a pretty good episode ahead, so looking forward to it. Perfect. So we'll start with, obviously, Michael. As uh, the man that runs the AFL Draft Central Power Rankings, you released your most recent uh, top 25 on Monday. So we want to ask a few questions about that we've got some fan questions that we'll get to later on but uh one really piece of interest for me i guess is the race for pick one which it looks like it was a two-horse race early on but with the emergence of uh sam darcy it looks like there might be three players that could be battling out for that spot and two of them are club link tell us a little bit more about that yeah i mean most people would sort of already have their heads around it by now um after the metro trials um but yeah sam darcy's really sort of accelerated into that top pick race uh, he's at least in the conversation we've got him ranked number three at the moment behind horn and dacos but yeah it makes it two father son prospects in that top three at least and dacos obviously with the magpies and darcy the son of luke uh, with the western bulldogs so they're going to get probably another top three uh prospect basically you know for not much um in the second year running so um, it's going to be a pretty formidable kind of spine that they've got with the likes of Norton, Hagen and and Darcy coming through who can play on each line. So uh, Doggy's in good stead and, and Dacos is obviously a gun as well. And Ed, I believe you've seen some of, or well, more of Sam at least than we have going to a couple of school games and you believe that he's got a really promising career as a forward. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, mostly uh, looking from uh, last year and the year before, for example, I mean, he was one who didn't quite make it uh, into the Vic Metro squad for the under-16s, but did play under-16 trials. Uh, and Nick Dacos, another one who didn't actually play for Vic Metro under-16s as well. So that's two guys that have come seemingly from only this year's form to really go up into that high level with a lot of these younger younger players not quite going up there. But um, in the case of Darcy, I mean, he's grown uh, incredibly since... Even last year, I mean, he was listed at 197 and now he's up to that 204, even 205 centimetres. So he's still developing and he's still light on. And to see how well he's playing, uh, despite the, you know, his light frame and he's still growing, it's really promising to see that he could get better and better, which he has been. He's been getting better and better with every game he's had. Yeah, and further to Ed's point, just on the sort of late bloomers and, and different rates of development, um, Finn Callahan is number four um, and just off that group. So, um, you know, he, he's one who didn't play under 16s for Metro as well. Um, he's come on really quickly and sort of gone ahead of some of his Sandring and Dragons teammates who have been highly touted for, you know, the last sort of two, three years. So it goes to show that they um, all the players develop at different rates and, um, yeah, you, you know, you can leave it late to make your run. Uh, and I assume the two Sandringham uh, teammates you're talking about in particular, Josh Sin and Campbell Chester, who are two highly rated prospects that have had a bit of injury issue. And we're seeing uh, another player coming off injury, Ben Hobbs, uh, rapidly rising up rankings again as we're reminded of his quality. Tell us a little bit more about some of those players that have been injured and uh, coming back and making some good form. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the players 
you know, when I was writing about, I guess, the last month for the top 25, that so many of them are either injured at the moment or coming off injuries. Um, so, yeah, Hobbs is a great example of one who's really sort of reminded us of his talent. Probably a top five prospect coming into the year um, off his under-16s champs. He played NAB League as a 16-year-old. Uh, Chester did as well for Sandringham and just a run-and-gun sort of player. Uh, we're looking to maybe see a bit more of his balance at the moment as he gets back into the Dragons' side. Um, and Sin, we know his quality is regarded as the best kick technically at the Dragons, although he's been a little bit hit and miss with his execution this year. But, um, yeah, all talented players who have that top 10 potential, maybe even top 5 potential, depending on how the rest of their season runs out. Uh, and I believe there were... Two or three new entrants into your top 25 with uh, one in particular catching my eye being Josh Ward. We've obviously seen him live a couple of times over the past couple of weeks in some really good form. Tell us what's impressed him most with you. Josh Ward's just really tenacious. I think he's such a good ball winner, really clean um, and great skills. Um, can go both ways too. I think that's something that the Northern Knights really value. Um, Lee Clark's certainly a coach who values that as a trait. So... Um, yeah, it's good to see that Ward has that in, in his locker. So he was one, uh, I think, who was, at, I think he landed at number 19 in the end. Um, and Blake Howes is also the fresh face in the rankings at 25, a pretty good athlete who, um, yeah, has good footballing ability too, obviously, is a good marker of the ball, has clean hands um, and does pretty well at ground level too. Shows a bit of versatility playing forward and on the wing. So got a bit about him. I know uh, everyone loves a club-linked player and you had a couple in your top 25 i believe you had josh Fay and mac andrew are the two main ones that haven't been spoken about what have you liked most about them uh well josh Fay, i think a lot of people would know about from his afl academy um outing was obviously best of field in that game he's a pretty dashing sort of defender has that raking left boot um and just one who has good leadership qualities seems to be a real vocal uh, member of any team he's a part of um on field and mac andrew obviously impressed in that same game and the start of his season was unbelievable he's got a great leap he's a, a really raw athlete um and still has a bit of that rawness with his disposal and and de decision making even um but uh yeah i mean really exciting player with plenty of upside and if you're looking at tolls him and darcy sort of um have shown that really steep rate of development and and andrew might even be uh sort of nearing that conversation in the top 10 if he can get back on the field for one and then get back to form. Uh, and that leads us nicely into the discussion about uh, key position prospects. And I think I'll throw to Ed for this one first. We've obviously got uh, a couple of highly rated ones from WA and the ones that we've spoken about. Tell us a little bit more about what the tall stocks are looking like up the top end. Yeah, they seem to be the uh, leading tall prospects overall in the whole pool, especially for key forwards. And you've got... Um, uh, the one who's leading the goal kicking there, Jai Amos, who's really come from the clouds. I mean, he had a decently good year last year playing Colts level as a bottom major, but this year has really started to ramp it up for East Perth. So he's coming off a seven-goal game most recently. He just doesn't miss. Uh, and he just he has a knack for goals uh, at ground level as well. So even though he's about that 195-centimetre mark, he's good overhead, pretty good at ground level. Hasn't probably shown much up the ground as much, but uh, that's obviously something that uh, we, we could probably see more of and more of as the year goes on. I mean, if you've got a player that's that dangerous close to goal, I mean, why wouldn't you play them pretty close? I mean, that's what the championships will hopefully be able to find out about him if he plays a bit up up the ground. And uh, another one, uh, Jack Williams, 
He's another one about that 195-centimetre mark or pushing a bit taller. Uh, he's another one who impressed last year as a bottom major, played down back, uh, can go forward and in the ruck. He's very versatile uh, and very smart player too. I mean, he he was probably one of the pick of the tools as well from the uh, the AIS game against the um, against the Geelong VFL. So he's... He's one who's had a really good year as well. And the only one to play senior football, Jacob Van Royen, uh, he most recently played for Claremont as well. Had a bit of a glandular fever, so it's a bit unfortunate that he missed a little bit of a chunk of uh, of game time. But um, looks like he's finally starting to hit his straps. He went back to Colts level, kicked a fair few goals. So those three are in pretty good form at the moment. And, geez, if the uh, championships were coming up soon and not at the end of the year, they'd be three that'd be hard to stop. Uh, and Michael, one of the last ones from WA in terms of key position stocks, Rhett Barzo. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, he still features among the rankings for me. Um, bit of a swing man. So he'll probably revert back to that key defensive role where he was All-Australian at under-16s level. Um, he's been played forward certainly at the start of the year with Guilford Grammar and obviously Swan Districts in the Waffle Colts. Um, and to good effect, he was able to find the, the goals um, at a pretty good rate. Um, but since then, sort of... Going back to that key, uh, key, prevent, key defensive post, if I can get that one out. Um, and, yeah, he's done pretty well and uh, just continued on, on his merry way. Pretty good intercept markers, clean hands, and uh, even played there with the AFL Academy. Uh, and staying out west for a second, obviously they got some pretty highly rated midfielders as well uh, with Matthew Johnson and Neil Erasmus. And Joshua Brown slowly creeping up rankings with some of his high production games. Ed, tell us a little bit about Erasmus in particular. Yeah, so Erasmus is one who played some games late last year as a bottom major for uh, Subiaco. Mostly played that school football, but um, uh, he, he was only doing okay until that grand final where he really impressed. I think he, I believe he kicked about four goals and was one of the best players on the ground, which really announced himself as a player to look for for this year. And he's just uh, moved into that midfield role with ease. I mean, he was a bit more of a half forward, but now as a midfielder, he's been averaging quite a few possessions at Colts level. Uh, I think in a recent school game as well, he got over 40 possessions. So he knows how to find the footy. He knows how to kick goals. Uh, he's a good size at over 188 centimetres. So, I mean, he's definitely one to uh, look out for, especially at the championships. And whether he plays midfield or forward is unknown, but it's, debat- it's debating whether what's going to be more dangerous. He's probably going to be dangerous in both areas. Yeah, perfect. And what do you think some of his uh, strengths are rolling through that midfield? Is he an athletic sort? Um, I think his athleticism shows more in his forward forward top game, but uh, as a midfielder, he's just more of an accumulator. He knows how to win the ball inside the contest and outside the contest as well. He can get around the ground and take marks, uh, and he kind of tries to get the play moving at every every opportunity. He's not a uh, he's not like a crab type of midfielder who tries to get the easy touches. He he works into dangerous positions, so that that's the one thing that would set him apart. Yeah, and Michael, so uh, just a little bit on, on Matt Johnson and Joshua Brown, if you could. Yeah, Matt Johnson's a really classy inside midfield, obviously sort of pegged coming into the year as maybe the best pure inside mid or the best tall mid, obviously 193 centimetres, so he's got a bit about him there and is that prototypical kind of uh, inside mid that we all like to see at the next level. But um, yeah, he's got really clean hands and, and nice agility coming out of the contest, which sort of catch the eye is working on maybe being a bit more productive and, and finding a bit more of the ball, but uh, certainly has the potential to do so. And speaking of, Josh Brown does that at will. He you know, clicks over 30 touches pretty much every game and 
beginning to find a bit more uh, scoreboard impact as well, which has been positive in the Waffle Colts. So I think his last game was something like 38 touches and three goals. So a pretty impressive display there. And he's just a really good two-way runner, good tackler, hard at it and works hard. Uh, perfect. And let's you know move over east just a little bit, not completely, and uh, look at some South Australian talent. In particular, Cooper Murley is one that's come back to under-18s level recently and really found some form and looks like he might even be due for a call up to a higher level. Tell us a little bit about what you've liked about him. Uh, well, you would have seen a bit about him uh, too, Declan, given you uh, did a play focus on him uh, earlier in the year. So you know all about him, but a pretty classy ball user again and, and tends to do a lot of his work at speed. So uh, a really sort of quick forward runner who who likes to repeat run and, and chain his possessions forward from midfield. So probably plays more midfield and is able to find plenty of the ball at under-18s level. Whether he plays there um, when he jumps up to reserves again and, and potentially up to league level, that's yet to be seen. So it's probably the big test for him given he's a, a really light body and only 178 centimetres. So it's going to be interesting to see what position is best for him moving forward. And we spoke about uh, ball-winning midfielders from WA. Ed, I know you're a big fan of Hugh Jackson. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown on his season so far? Because he's put up some impressive numbers. Yeah, a bit like Tom Powell last year. I mean, the numbers he's put out this year have been sensational. Uh, getting a lot of the ball, uh, working hard on the inside of the contest and outside the contest. Uh, a few few uh, comparing him to a Zach Merritt type of player. I wouldn't say he's uh, kicking is quite at that level yet of a Zach Merritt, but uh, he has got a bit of penetration in his kick, which he did show uh, most recently. Uh, well, not the most recent game, but the week before. I think he kicked three goals, one of them from long range. So he does have a good left peg on him when he wants to use it. It's more probably lowering the eyes and getting those shorter ones right more often. But uh, in terms of players that are in great form this year, I mean, he's just ultra consistent. He's a two-way runner. He will tackle as well. And if he just keeps hitting the scoreboard, he's going to be a very dangerous player as the year goes on. Perfect. And we, we've had two SA products um, recently make their debuts at senior level in Shay Link and Nzai Wanganine Millera. Uh, tell us a little bit about them, uh, Ed, if you wanted to start with uh, Wanganine Millera, because I know he's a bit close to you. Yeah, so um, he, he's obviously got the relations to the Wanganines and uh, gets along pretty well with Tex Wanganine, who's an Essendon and Port Adelaide uh, father-son prospect. Uh, he's one who's been pretty much playing exclusively on the wing at reserves level this year. So I, I don't think he's even played a game of under-18s this year, which just shows how how highly Glenelg uh, rate him and just recently made his senior debut. So he's a very athletic, about 187-centimetre player, very good overhead, good speed. Uh, and playing on a wing, you need to have good fitness as well. So that, that's something he's been able to show. Uh, he's not a high-volume uh, type of accumulator, but he makes things happen when he gets the ball. So he's definitely one to keep watching out for and one I think you'd need to have a good hard look at at the uh, national championships as well. And uh, Michael, Shaylink? Yeah, Shaylink's just made his uh, league debut with Central District and um, one of the standout under-18s there. He's a, another tall midfielder, um, has a bit about him, sort of able to win the ball with his uh, clean hands and body in congestion, but also rolls forward and can find the goals. So, um, yeah, a little bit about him there. He's, um, yeah, maybe not hit the heights that he had at under-18s level in, at league level, um, but that's expected as he sort of comes in and finds his feet. Perfect. And, um, well, that segues pretty well into... Some of our uh, listener questions, obviously, we mentioned, Michael, your recent rankings release on Monday. Been 
uh, point of discussion for, for many people. We've got some questions about some particular players and uh, Naziah Wanganine Miller is one of those players from Braden. He's wondering uh, what's he got to do to get a little bit higher. Yeah, I think the question was more so where is he ranked in general. But um, yeah, I, I think I did mention him in the, the in the mix group um, in the article, uh, sort of near the bottom. And um, I guess he is. He has that potential to sneak into the top thirty kind of rankings. Um, yeah, just a real run and gun kind of winger who has really nice traits. He's a tall um, a tall player as well, so around the sort of one ninety centimeter mark, and has all the athleticism with his uh, his speed and, and whatnot. So. Pretty exciting prospect there for sure. And um, we've got a couple of Vic Country teammates in Tom Brown and Cooper Hamilton wondering uh, why Rochelle isn't a little bit higher. Yeah, he's got a few fans, doesn't he, Josh Rochelle? Um, he, he slid a bit this this month for me at least and um, Cooper was a touch more polite than Tom in his phrasing of the question, I must say. But uh, look, Josh Rochelle is obviously a mercurial talent and... Um, is top five at his best, I think. And I believed that coming into the year. Um, I just haven't seen that consistently enough, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, he certainly has the potential to be higher um, and will probably do that if he kicks six goals each week um, or you know shows the same sort of forward craft and a bit more of that defensive pressure, a bit more defensive running and, and those sort of acts and just maintains his intensity throughout games. They're the sort of things that... I want to see him add to his obvious, um, you know, forward craft and talent on the ball. Uh, and then what about Tom and Cooper themselves? Yeah, oh, great players. I mean, Cooper Hamilton, part of the AFL Academy, um, pretty versatile type. And, and Tom Brown, a, a good runner off half back. So good to see him get back on the park too. Uh, now, the next one is uh, one that I know Ed rates highly. So maybe he can take us through our strengths before Michael lets us know what more he needs to do. Uh, that's... Judson Clark kicked five in the recent Vic Metro versus Vic Country trials. Yeah, so he's a very electric player who likes to take the game on. And with his left foot and the way he moves through traffic, he's a bit like Carlton Zach Fisher. So uh, he's a very creative player. He can play forward. He can play on the wing. He can even play for the midfield. He could even play as a halfback if a club wanted to use his run and gun type of play. He's got good skills. Uh, I watched him play school football against Mentone Grammar, which included uh, recent North Melbourne uh, prospect Jacob Edwards, and he was the he was the one who could win the game off his own boot. He didn't end up because it was Jacob Edwards' turn, but um, he, he was just incredible in his ability to run and gun, to go forward and take a mark. Like his body work for a player who's you know only that one seventy nine and sixty nine kilo, his ability to to use his body and smarts. I mean, it's going to hold him well at the next level, and he's got that athleticism and smarts. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely one that I'd be looking out for. Yeah, I mean, I like Zach Fisher, so I like Judson Clark. He's he's around the mark, obviously, after that five-goal haul in the Vic Country trial game, um, you know, caught the eye and, and has some really nice traits that Ed outlined there. So he's pushing for the top 25 range. Um, I just, yeah, again, would like to see a little bit more and, and see if he can maintain that kind of form. As is the strength of the top 25 this year, it's it's not easy to get in. Now, speaking of um, pretty impressive trials games, we have a question about Zach Taylor here from Max. He's just wondering uh, if he's in the mix to get drafted. Yeah, I believe that was from a Max Taylor, so not sure if there's any relation there. But um, yeah, Zach's a, a really crafty sort of player on the ball and he's been in awesome form for the call to cannons, his latest game um, yet. Yeah well above 30 touches once again he can find the goals um, but just really looks to uh, be positive in possession sort of 
backs his pace and his agility uh, to take on players and and then always looks to steady and, and find an option with his kicking going forward. So that's a positive trait. Um, and, and yeah, he's a little jet. He'll sort of uh, make his way around the mark as well, especially if he keeps up his form. Uh, and we have uh, another question. Someone that maybe didn't win as much of the ball in the Metro Trials, but I was quite impressed with his class in the forward half and then off the back line in the second half of his game, Lachlan Rankin. Yeah, he's a really clever footballer. Um, his first game uh, yeah, for Oakley in the NAB League this season was outstanding. Um, and he can play on each line as well. So, um, you know, he's got the, the clean possession and clean hands where he can, um, you know, fare pretty well up forward. But uh, his skills are transferable to the wing and, and off half back where he played a bit, um, especially during the under-16s championship. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a good uh, a good prospect as well who... Yeah, just on his pure ability and smarts, will find his way around the mark too. Uh, and uh, another teammate, and I, I think I'll throw to Ed again for the strengths of this one because he's a big fan. But Nick Watson um, wants to know j- about Jake Saligo and a little bit about his strengths. Yeah, so Saligo is one who probably had a slower start to the year, but in the last uh, few games has really started to ramp up. I mean, I thought he was excellent against Sandringham Dragons, uh, which which have a very good midfield outfit themselves, and he really held, held his own. I really like his two-way running as well for a midfielder. He's willing to go back behind the ball. He's pretty courageous overhead. Uh, he's a willing tackler. Uh, he's, he's not the flashiest type, although he has pretty good agility for, for a player like him. So... Uh, he's one who just with every single game, if he can play it to the level he has in the last few weeks, he's, he'll find his one on an AFL list. I mean, for a club who needs midfield depth, I mean, his, his ability to win the hard ball, he's a fairly decent athlete. Uh, so there's a lot to like there. And Michael, what, uh, what are you looking for, particularly in the next month to see him push up your rankings a little bit more? Just more of the same. It's a pretty even crop. I mean, all of the, the players mentioned could sort of push um, towards that 25 mark uh, for sure. Um, and competition for spots is certainly tight. But um, yeah, I just want to see more of the same from him. He, he's obviously one who came off a really good under-16s champs. And uh, after a bit of a slow start, as Ed said, he's starting to prove himself. So if he can continue to find plenty of the ball and then hit the scoreboard too, um, he's going to be really hard to deny as a small midfielder. Uh, and then uh, a question here from Georgia about another Eastern Rangers uh, prospect and one that sort of shot onto the scene after, I believe, getting called up uh, after some good local footy performances. Tell us a bit about Sahaf Ali. Yeah, we were all there at that game. I believe it was his debut in the NAB League against Sandringham. Um, and yeah, playing out of the forward line, just showed really clean hands and um, was able to lead up and, and played a really good game. So he's been in positive form in his first few NAB League forays and, yeah, just keen to see a bit more of him, to be honest. Uh, and then our final Instagram question here, and uh, we spoke about sort of injured, highly touted prospects earlier on. Tell us a bit about Sam Banks from Tasmania. Yeah, well, he's another one who's been injured um, for a pretty extended period of time and has come back recently and was pretty steady on his return, to be honest. Played in that usual defensive post, took a lot of the kickouts, and um, yeah, he's one who uses the ball well. He's really classy, but um, you know, I'd love to see him sort of push into midfield or even onto a wing where he has played. Um, And and he's one who's played NAB League since he was 16. He played a a bunch of games for the Tassie Devils a couple of years ago and, and held his own, so... If he can recapture that kind of form, then he'll put himself up there too. Perfect. Uh, and just so, obviously, the championships in NAB League this year have been moved to an under-19s format. So, I guess 
accommodate for some of those late bloomers that missed out on last year's draft? Are there any particular 19-year-olds that you've seen across the country that um, are of particular interest to you? Uh, oh, there's plenty. I, I don't think um, it'd be fair to just single a few out, but um, I think we had a, a query on, on Twitter um, about this and about some of them being overlooked perhaps in, in analysis, but it's difficult because while a lot of the Victorians or all of them missed out on, on football last year, essentially they're, or they were, you know, what, outside of the top 60 of their own draft crop if we look at it that way and it's probably a harsh way to analyze it but um, when you consider all the guys who got drafted last year then the 19 year olds who came back and were impressive and proved I guess the recruiters wrong or proved themselves um, this year they're already picked up in the mid-season draft so we saw a bunch of them go um, and they're already on AFL lists and some of them have even um, already debuted so um, that leaves kind of bare and a lot of the 19 year olds are skipping up to the VFL and, and doing pretty well there um, some of them up in Queensland they're playing VFL footy as well for the Lions and, and the Suns academies and even for the Swans and Giants so there's a bunch of them around and, and this you know they're in the trial games for the Vic Metro and, and countrysides and they're going to make the final squad but um, yeah I, I don't think we're, we're being too unfair I'm um, not biased at all but um, you know, in terms of um, how much exposure they're getting, I think it's it's about the right amount. No, I couldn't agree anymore, Michael. I think you do a, a good job of representing every player out there, mate. Um, I guess a question to both of you, and, and Ed will get your opinion first off the top here, is with the, as mentioned, the 19s championships, It's it's been extended and you can have more 19-year-olds in the squad. Do you reckon we'll see a significant portion of those selected players being 19-year-olds or do you reckon it'll be um, more so 18-year-olds still? I think it'll depend on which final squads get released. I think in the in the case of WA, I think there's only a handful for the WA clubs. There's a lot more uh, for Vic Metro that's already been uh, been discussed. So they've got players like Cody Rark in there, Luke Cleary, uh, uh, Sam Clifford, Corey Preston. There's a few that have had really good seasons here in the NAB League that didn't have the chance to show their wares especially being in Victoria. So if there's going to be any more 19s play, I think it will be from Victoria. But you couldn't say with a lot of those names that they haven't deserved a shot as well. I mean, there have been players that have been really, really good this year. Yeah, I mean, I'd second that. Um, and it, it sort of goes to the point you made before. The ones who are still in the mix, they're getting recognition with representative action um, and they'll get some coverage. So they're, uh, they're definitely in our minds. Perfect. As a loyal Allies fan, I know that we've got a lot of 19s coming into the championships, which will be exciting to see. Um, obviously, we, we had listener questions from multiple social media platforms and we're done with Instagram. So I think it's uh, fair to move over to Twitter now. And uh, this question, I, I think, uh, well, Ed could probably be the only one to answer it. Someone wants to know, what are Essendon going to do uh, with the draft this year, Ed? Um, I did bring out an article on Draft Central if anyone wants to uh, go have a look at it. And it's, uh, it is quality. It kind of goes on what the um, what Essendon's drafting strategy has been in the last few years and they definitely look for more athletic type players. And in a draft that's full of midfielders, I mean, you've got the, the three from Sandringham in Finn Callahan, Josh Sin and Campbell Chesser, all can play midfield, all very good athletes all have some leadership qualities to them as well. I mean, Finn Callahan very recently added to their leadership uh, squad. So uh, 
if Essendon are going to be looking for any players at that top end, I'm very, very sure they'll have the athletic traits that uh, they've been looking for in the last few years. Uh, one of interest to me, I'm a big fan of Josh Goda. Do you reckon he would be one that Essendon look at? Uh, absolutely. I mean, he has been play. He did play a game for their VFL squad along with Zach Taylor. So Zach Taylor would also be another player that they'd be looking at in this year's draft as well. I mean, Josh Goda, he can play anywhere. I mean, he's the uh, the perfect uh, uh, project player, really. I mean, he can play off half back, half forward, through the midfield. I mean, his vertical leap and speed are absolutely elite. I mean, he's marking overhead. I mean, I think we saw a uh, a picture of one of his marks where he's gone up on on the shoulders of someone. It just shows uh, what he can do. Like his athleticism is in his game. I mean, there's a lot of players you see who's that don't use their athleticism in games, but Josh Goda definitely does, and that's what will separate him from a lot of players, especially at that 190 centimeter mark. Another one that I believe rose a little bit in your rankings over the past month, Michael. So. Good to see him uh, impressed, especially in that Metro trial game. We, he really impressed all of us. Uh, so the next question, this is going to be a bit of a club-by-club club analysis, it feels <laughs> like here. Uh, what will the Hawks look for? They've currently got uh, picks 2, 20 and 21. Do you reckon they'll go for mostly midfielders or a bit of a range of players? Yeah, I think that's a sort of rough range at the moment. I'm not sure if they'll end up coming you know, second last um, and still having that pick. But... Um, yeah, midfield depth seems to be, I guess, the point of interest for Hawthorne and points of difference in the midfield. So a bit of speed coming out of there. And at the top end, you know, a guy like Finn Callahan is going to be really hard to overlook because um, he can play on the inside and on the outside. Um, he's, he's tall. He's got a really good frame and just wonderful agility. So um, he'll help out that midfield mix who has a lot of sort of accumulators, guys like Tom Mitchell, Jagger Amira finds a lot of the ball on the inside too. Um, and James Walpole, obviously. So... Uh, I think he's one that they can look at there, and um, with that sort of those two picks around the twenty mark, it you know gives them a really good option to trade up potentially if there's a guy that they're really keen on to build out that midfield. So plenty of options there for the Hawks. Do you think they might look uh, at someone that's a little bit closer to home, played for their VFL and and did quite well in his game in Tyler Sonzi? Yeah, it could be another one because his his class away from the con the contest um, is pretty unreal. So. Uh, he'll be around the range as well and, and maybe even his sliding a bit. So could get a, a good value out of uh, Tyler Sonzi at the top end there. And I know the Hawthorne supporters that I've seen uh, talking about the draft, uh, a few of them are fans of Connor McDonald from Danny Nong Stingrays with uh, picking that 20s. What do you think the likelihood of that is? Uh, yeah, I mean, Connor McDonald's a pretty classy player out of the middle as well. He can find plenty of the ball. He might be a little similar perhaps to what they already have, but maybe has a bit more pace and, and can play forward than than their current midfield stock. So yeah, not a bad shout. Uh, and we've got a question about the Tigers who at this stage, if, if nothing changes, um, looks like they could have four picks within the top 30. So that's a handy little uh, refresh for them. What are the sorts of players that they could be looking for? Tigers fans would probably... Um, know best but given um the sort of dynasty that they've built it's always been sort of you know depth that that we point towards just filling out their overall list and and finding replacements for some of the champion players that they've got so you know getting a, a run and gun halfback who can replace basher Hooley, um you know on, on that line and then you know an inside mid who can replace trent cochin 
once he moves on and, and maybe even a key forward as they've got, you know, sort of coming through with Cal Coleman Jones who can then take over um, in that ruck forward role. So, um, yeah, it's it's been for the Tigers for a long time about filling out their list and um, there's so many players in such an even crop um, in that sort of first round and to- particularly towards the end of it. So pinpointing one player, um, yeah, you know, give us a position that you think you, you feel needs filling and, and we'll tell you who's best. Let's say I've seen Tigers fans say that KPP is, is one of the main ones. I think that's a big thing for a lot of clubs and uh, maybe a Basha Hawley replacement and some midfielders. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of key position players, there's going to be plenty around the mark. So um, you look at a guy like Mac Andrew who's got plenty about him and, you know, Marby or Chol is one who I think has been a bit hard done by. Should get a bit more opportunity at the Tigers, and um, Mac Andrews, one who has similar kind of potential in, in that he's really athletic, can play um, a variety of roles as well, whether it's in the ruck uh, or up forward and, and even down back. So he'd be a pretty viable one to look for. Even Jack Williams um, over from WA um, obviously offers that same kind of versatility and, and aerial threat. Um, so yeah, even Bazo is another one, a swing man. They can mould him into whatever they like. So yeah, plenty of options there for the Tigers. Ed, what would you be looking to do if you had the uh, Tigers draft hand? Uh, I'd be looking for a bit of a uh, a balance if you could. But I mean, if you've got four top thirty picks, and uh, I think you just take the best best available talent. I mean. I mean, what Richmond have shown is that they will trade for needs if they really do need a certain player. So uh, there's a very good chance they may not have those picks come uh, draft time. I, I think they'll be definitely looking to bolster their list through the trade period. I mean, they will definitely, I mean, at the moment, they're not, not a safe bet in making the eight. So they will definitely want to uh, shore up that end because they've got a lot of players who can still go that can really push for a premiership. So I'd, it's, I would not. Uh, think at all that those picks will be the same ones they take into the draft and they've drafted a lot of midfielders from memory in that first round range so with that sort of first pick around the 20s they usually have like thompson dow um they've picked up recently uh, riley collier dawkins in in the first round too so um yeah i mean could be more of the same but they could change it up here in this draft too well it does seem that they go for um upside a lot you know like mm-hmm. riley collier dawkins hugo ralph smith are two yep. more that sort of had a, a bit of potential about them and they've managed to string that together. Yeah, I mean, well, when you have, um, you know, such a strong squad, you're able to develop those players over an extended period of time. And we've seen that with Collier Dawkins, who's had to wait his turn. Um, but, you know, when he's come into the side, they've moulded him into the player that they've wanted and he's been able to impact pretty much straight away. Perfect. And we'll move on next to uh, Brisbane, who we have a fair uh, following from. And uh, more specifically, they want to know about a, a possible Daniel Rich replacement. They did mention that Rich started off as a midfielder in his junior years and they've sort of turned him into the weapon off of halfback that he is. Any players like that from this pool? Yeah, I mean, we saw in the in the replies to this tweet, I mean, the man is Josh Sin, to be honest. He's, I think, the perfect balance of both positions. Um, and while he's not blonde i guess he has a similar kind of hairdo to daniel rich so um yeah he, he could be a shout he's obviously um got that same kind of left foot really penetrating and skillful with that it's a real weapon of his game um maybe a bit sort of um quicker than daniel rich not that daniel rich is a slouch but um yeah he really weaponizes his pace as well to break the line so um yeah you can see him starting off half back 
um, whereas Rich sort of moved back to that role later in his career. But, um, yeah, you can see some similarities there. Ed, anyone else you feel fits the mould? Uh, there's a fair few ha- uh, players who can play that halfback role in this draft, especially f- with the depth that's got. I mean, Josh Goder is one that can play off halfback that they could look at. Uh, Darcy Wilmot for the Northern Knights, who's a very tough player, uh, only just made it for draft eligibility this year. He could have been next year's draft. Uh, you've also got uh, Sam Banks as well off halfback. He's a classy player. Lewis Rayson and another player who uh, hasn't played a bit since the start of the year, Alastair Lord from South Australia. He's one who's got a lot of run and gun about him and he'll be one to watch if he gets back on the park. Thanks for those names, Ed. Um, always good to, I guess, have that depth in a certain position into a draft of so many uh, players that, that can play to a high quality. Um, one that I want to throw out is Blake Howes. I, I think that he's got a bit about him and he could probably move to a half-back role if necessary. Not that you'd want to take away that aerial prowess from the forward line. Uh, well, he can use that across half-back too, I guess, if he's um, maybe a third-up kind of player. Um, we're yet to really see him play there, I, I think. But um, yeah, up in a wing, he's been pretty successful and got his hands on the ball. So... Um, yeah, as we said earlier, he's got plenty of versatility. Um, and the thing with halfbacks is that they're often dime a dozen. So they often have a lot of the same traits and are a bit of a boring pick and one that you can get pretty decent value in later in the draft. But um, yeah, ones with point of points of difference, guys like Sin, Wilmot, um, who's a, a really tough bugger, and, um, and Howes, if he ends up moving back there, they have those points of difference in their game. Uh, now let we'll take a look at uh, your team here, Michael Carlton. What what are you thinking Carlton should do with their draft hand? Should they trade it out for some more uh, ready-made talent or, or look to invest? Uh, well, that's a question without notice and I haven't really thought of it, so thanks for that. Um, but look, I, I'd say, yeah, with Carlton, it's, it's a strange one because they've obviously gone down the path of taking in a lot of sort of quality or players that they deemed as quality from other clubs, um, you know, guys like Zach Williams and, and Adam Saad to really accelerate their progression. And they've filled needs, uh, which is really great um, last year. Um, got a bit of speed and that sort of small defender role might be one that they're still looking to fill. So um, midfield depth is also another point where you're often sort of trying to fill out and, and provide some support to the guns. So uh, we'll see where that goes. And I mean, they... <laughs> Who knows what Carlton's going to do? They always throw up a surprise at draft time, especially when when the uh, the trading clock comes down to it. So, uh, yeah, it could pull a surprise once again. Yeah, sorry for the question without notice. They're all going to be like that from now on. I know um, one club with a few NGA prospects that aren't necessarily high end, but have impressed recently is St Kilda, and we we saw two of their NGA prospects in particular with Marcus Windhager and uh, Mitch Owens impress in the recent Vic Metro Vic Country trial games ed tell us what you like about those two yeah so those two uh, uh in the case of winhag he hasn't played a lot for Sandringham because he has been playing for halebury college and uh mitch owens who recently had a hand injury so he hasn't been able to play for mentone grammar but uh yeah but both boys have um they, they definitely showed a lot in those vic metro trials i mean both you know can play that wing position winhag can play more so as a forward going into the midfield as well, whereas Owen's a bit more probably half forward wing. Uh, 
both both are pretty strong overhead for this uh, for what they are. I mean, uh, Owens is one who's grown quite a bit in the last few years as well. Reportedly, a, a small forward for a lot of his junior career, but has now had a bit of a growth spurt and can now play a bit taller. So uh, he's definitely got some exciting traits there. So. Uh, with a continued year, I still don't think they'll push into that top 20 to really worry St Kilda supporters. But um, if they can finish the year off strongly and not quite go in that top 20, I mean, that would be the ideal situation for St Kilda supporters. Uh, and, Michael, obviously, two more. One with a pretty famous last name in Jack Paris and also uh, Gus McLennan. Yeah, uh, Jack Paris, top kid. Um, he's obviously hailing from the NT and the son of Nova Paris Olympian. So... Um, yeah, a running wingman who's got a, a bit of pace about him from that athletics background and um, has been mentored by his famous mother as well throughout his career. So, um, yeah, he's one that, that we hope to see doing well. And um, the other one you mentioned there, Gus McLennan, he's, uh, he's played off halfback, I believe. I think he's uh, copped a knock at the moment. So we haven't seen him in recent weeks for Sandringham, but um, has a bit about him, pretty good reader of the play down there. They rate that about him. Uh, at Sandringham, I believe another um, St Kilda NGA is Scott Bilby um, for Oakley. So uh, he's another defender who has uh, showed a bit. He's he's had his moments, good and bad, throughout the season, but he's obviously pretty good aerially, a, a solid body, and has some good athleticism about him. Uh, now, we love a family connection, and, and not just the father-sons, but uh, the brothers of. That gets wheeled out a bit, and there's... One particular prospect that uh, I want to ask about, because I believe that he's also in your top 25, Michael being um, Sam Butler. He's not quite in the top 25, but he, he was mentioned. Um, Sam Butler, yeah, he's a gun. He obviously is the, the brother of Dan and um, has a few similar traits. Got really clean hands, good pace, um, can play midfield and forward. So I've really liked his turn in the midfield in, in recent weeks where he's found plenty of the ball sort of high 20 disposals and still been able to kick goals. So he uses those clean hands to really dominate at ground level and, and flick out the handballs to his runners. But yeah, I'd love to see him sort of back his own pace in more, burst out of those stoppages and, and then um, use his, his pretty good skills by foot going forward. So he's got a bit about him, um, certainly as a, a mid forward prospect from the GWV Rebels. Uh, and on the GWV Rebels, just two more I want to mention, one being in your top 25 and one being the um, brother of Sophie Molan from Richmond. So that gives it away. Charlie Molan and uh, Josh Gibkus. Yeah, Josh Gibkus, one of the most improved players in this draft pool for sure. Um, the outgoing GWV talent manager, Phil Partington, agreed with that. He um, he put that sentiment up at the start of the year. And uh, I mean, Gibkus has delivered. He's shot into top 10 calculations. Is an excellent aerial player, just reads the play so beautifully across the back line and has even swung forward and, and got a try in the ruck for the Rebels as well. So a bit of versatility about him and, and, as I said, an aerial player. So he'll be working on his sort of ground-level game and his, uh, his distribution's pretty sound too. So a bit about him. And, and Charlie Mullins, a guy who's moved up from half-back to a wing and the Rebels really like um, his use by foot. He's pretty penetrating in that area. He's got good skills makes good decisions and um, he's just really reliable. So a good character around the group, a bit like Sophie was, um, I guess, in, in her junior days and now at Richmond. So he can play on most lines and, and play a role. You know he's going to do the job for you and, uh, and work hard each game day. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll stick on those uh, family connections. One that I know that you're, uh, you're pretty big raps of, Ed uh, Jaisrong, being the brother of rising star winner uh, Caleb. 
Yeah, there's quite a bit of height difference there. I mean, Caleb at the 178 centimetre mark or around that mark and Jai Sarong well over 190. Uh, he's played a lot of different positions this year for Gippsland and he's been pretty consistent uh, considering he is lightly bodied. I mean, he had another game over 20 possessions on the weekend. Uh, his overhead marking is really good. I remember him playing against Josh Gibkitz and uh, even beating him in a one-on-one marking contest, which is no mean feat this year. But the other thing he impresses as well, what I've seen when Sarong goes on ball, is his uh, ability at ground level. I mean, he's, what, that 193-centimetre mark, but he's very good below his knees, uh, kind of knows his way around, so he's a smart player as well. He's got a bit of upside, a good leap. So... Uh, he probably hasn't had one big game. I mean, it hasn't helped playing with Gippsland, who have been on the bottom of the ladder all year. But um, if he gets a go at the uh, at the championships and can have a really big game, that could really push up his credentials. But yeah, I, I, I really rate his upside, and I think he does deserve a spot on an AFL list at the end of the year. Perfect. And um, I, I feel foolish missing this one earlier of the SA players that have uh, played it senior level and also a father-son being Jace Burgoyne. Um, Michael, what, what have you liked about him? Uh, yeah, well, Jace is, you know, a pretty natural footballer who has no trouble finding the ball. He's um, at under-18s level, looks a, a bit of a class above, to be honest. Um, but he's just such a light body. So had that sort of trial with Port Adelaide, uh, well, their reserve side in, in Sample League level and um, fed pretty well. He showed his clean skills, was playing mostly across half-back, um, pretty outside from the looks of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that sort of inside game, something he's going to be working on. He can certainly play there at under-18s level. So, um, yeah, he got a run there even in the AFL Academy game. And, um, yeah, it's just his clean skills and ability to attract the ball that impresses most. Thank you both for, for coming out here and uh, featuring on the podcast today, Ed. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, great to be on again. I mean, it's been a long time and really enjoy being on with you fellas. So, uh, can't wait to do it again. And Michael, as, as always, thank you for popping on and sharing your wisdom. Thanks, mate. Good job uh, taking the reins today. It sort of turned from a fan Q&A to a Declan Reeve Q&A. So, um, good for you, mate. <laughs> uh, the best kind of Q&A, Michael. Make sure... You're following AFL Draft Central on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And checking the AFL Draft Central site as the Under-19s Championships fast approach. We'll have all the news there for you.